Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hello, I'm Mike Buechler, CEO of Amarillo Gold. Amarillo Gold has two gold projects in Brazil. We have our main development project, the Pose Gold Project, in central Brazil, one million ounces of open pit reserve there, about a four-hour drive from the federal capital of Brasilia in Goiás State. In the south of Brazil, we have an exploration property we call Lavras de Sur. Uh, half a million ounces of resource there, however, a very large target. We, uh, we believe will be a multi-million ounce district as we do our exploration there. Brilliant. Well, lovely to meet you, Mike. Um, we've not interviewed you before, uh, so thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Um, thanks for having me. Well, yeah, it's, it's one of those, you're, you're one of those stories I've, I've heard about you. You know, the, the company's been around for a while, and I was sort of, uh, I've, I've been keen to talk. Um, but you're not the same team that perhaps I used to read about, are you? No, the company was formed back in 2004 to uh, purchase the, uh, the Pose Gold project. Uh, had some exploration geologists running the company, uh, very active in, uh, in the mid-2000s, late-2000s. They picked up the Labrasasura property in the south in two, south 2006. Did a lot of exploration uh, through the early 2010s. Uh, 2016 or so, the, uh, the board decided to bring in a new, uh, some new leadership. We brought in a new chairman in uh, 2017. He brought in a new management team in uh, late 2017, early 2018. So uh, the new management team we just done with the company a little over three years. Right. So what have you been doing the last three years? Well, we've been, we've been quite busy. We uh, The company had a 5,000-ounce gold loan that they'd taken out from the largest shareholder back in 2014. So the first thing we needed to do was pay that off. So we did a uh, several raises. We sold a 1.75% NSR on POSE to uh, Royal Gold in 2018 for $2.8 million US dollars. And we used that to clean up all the company's legacy issues and to move ahead with exploration and development. So, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of the part of the conversation I want to have with you, that you recognize that there are some legacy issues. I think people's perception of the company is from a long time ago, but their impression of the company hasn't changed much. I mean, uh, what, what else have you been doing or what else do you think you need to do to kind of clean that up? Well, we've been focusing on exploration and development. Uh, we, we did launch our feasibility study in, uh, in early, uh, in, sorry, in late 2019. We, we announced that in... Um, in May of last year, 2020. So we do have our feasibility study out now. Uh, we've advanced our permitting. We have our construction permit. Uh, we received that in February. So we've been advancing the, uh, the development. We've been continuing with our exploration, looking to expand the resource. We've discovered some satellite ore bodies, uh, four and uh, eight, eight kilometers north of Pose. Uh, currently have a million ounces of reserve, uh, 1.2 million ounces of resource. Looks like we'll be able to grow that. Uh, we, we believe there's a good chance of doubling that by the end of the day. That will help expand, extend the mine life, expand the resource, and uh, improve the NPV on the project. Okay, so and so to stick with us, but I think it's really, really important. If, if, if people have not moved on from what they perceive of the, the company as being before, it's important right. to maybe kind of dig into it a bit. So, so those are some of the things that you're doing on the ground. So it sounds like you're advancing you know, meaningfully, but what were the things that the company was doing wrong previously under the different on the previous management team? Previous management was very very focused on exploration. They uh, they did about thirty thousand meters of drilling at Pose, uh, about another twenty thousand meters of drilling at Labrador in the south. Uh, they uh, they got a, the company got to 
2014, when the markets went soft, the company uh, got themselves in a little bit of trouble, weren't able to raise money, uh, again, took out a $5,000 gold loan from the shareholder. Uh, and then then uh, ultimately, that was the drip feed that kind of kept the company afloat for the uh, 14, 15, and 16 timeframe. Again, new management came in in 17. We, we started taking steps to clean up all those legacy issues, start moving ahead on the uh, develop the development and to continue with the exploration, looking to grow the resource. Okay. Okay. So it's cash constraint. Sounds like that was the problem. Uh, ab- absolutely. Yes. We, uh, they just didn't have the cash to do what, do what was needed. The, uh, again, the 5,000 ounce gold loan kept the company afloat, but didn't, didn't provide them with uh, the cash that they needed to continue doing a lot of exploration or to continue the development the way that we've been able to since. Right, so there's nothing fundamentally wrong with the pro- and the, the, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with the asset. And the reason I ask that question is because sometimes we see a lot of stories coming back into the market which haven't worked before, and lots of management teams coming in saying, "Hey, this time it's different," right? And and sometimes it's is it's a good successful turnaround story, but a lot of the times it's just retelling of an old tired story which just isn't going to work. So, wh- which category do you put yourself in? Yeah, certainly there's nothing wrong with the asset. It just had never gotten down the track like it needed to. Um, perhaps it's you know, it's a one million ounce ore body. Perhaps if it was larger, it would have made it, made it down the track sooner. But at, at one million ounces, it was viewed as a bit small. Uh, there were some larger companies looking at, uh, at Amarillo, very interested in the project. But a million ounces, is, it's hard to get folks excited. So it didn't get as far down the track uh, as it should have earlier in the uh, the cycle, however, we're, we're getting it there now. And again, although it's only a million ounces today, the exploration potential certainly looks like we'll be able to expand the resource and extend the mine life. And it will be larger than a million ounces by the time we're done. Okay, fine. Well, let's, let's talk about the team because the, the, the team is the, is the make or break for this. So give us your background or, or, the, or the kind of key individuals in the team who are active and what, you know, what their background is. Yeah, we've, we've got a very good team in place, uh, start, starting with the with our board. M- myself, I'm a fifth-generation miner. I, uh, uh, I, I spent uh, 20-some years in the U.S. before starting to go international. I worked in, uh, in Brazil twice before. I was a project manager with Kinross Gold at a mill expansion at the Paracatu mine. And I was also chief operating officer for Largo Resources, building the Maracas Vanadium mine. So I worked in Brazil twice before. We have David Lang on our board. David was formerly the COO with Equinox Gold during the Arizona mine rebuild. So he's been involved in, uh, in a mining project in Brazil recently. Uh, and we have Antonor Silva on our board. Antonor is a very well-known Brazilian mining engineer. He was a co-founder of Yamana. Uh, he was involved in building most of the Yamana operations in Brazil. Uh, so, so very happy to have a very experienced board, uh, experience with the uh, construction and operations in Brazil. Uh, we're, we're building a very good team on the ground. Our country manager is very experienced. He's a 40-year mining guy in Brazil, very well connected, knows a lot of folks. Uh, we've hired a new general manager recently, uh, a, a 30-some-year mining guy who has the general manager experience. He'll be in charge of building our operating team, running the operation. We want him involved with the construction so that we make sure that we build a plant that he can operate. So very pleased with the uh, with the folks we're able to attract and building a very good, strong team for Amarillo. Yeah. Okay. It, interesting. So uh, we like mind builders. Um, you know, w- you know, with with a track record in country really helps. But let's talk about Brazil though, because again, people's perceptions of, of Brazil is has been sort of rocked uh, of late, and certainly in the last two or three years, not just 
the political situation, but also you know how COVID is is affecting ability to mine. How are things? Yeah, Brazil is uh, overall things in Brazil are, um, are are getting better. The uh, the COVID situation, of course, has been very dire there. Their COVID numbers are quite high. They're uh, they're they're nearly uh, on on par with the U.S. numbers. So they're they're worse than a lot of countries. However, they've uh, Brazil's been known for having a very good vaccination system in place. So as they're now able to get access to the vaccines, get access to the uh, to the thing, the ingredients they need to make the vaccines, they're ramping up their vaccination program. So so they're gradually uh, getting things better. The uh, the COVID situation is gradually starting to abate there. Uh, mining is considered a critical or essential to the economy there. So mines have continued to operate during the pandemic. Uh, it, uh, it you do have to go through uh, quarantine procedures, of course, and testing procedures, but the, the mines have been able to continue to operate. Uh, we, we've been uh, working with our engineering companies. They've primarily been working from home, and that's worked very well. They're able to, uh, to access their systems and work from home. So it hasn't caused us a, a significant delay. Uh, we started to discuss the uh, contractor mobilization. We're looking at starting our uh, construction likely next April at the end of the rainy season. So we're starting to Talk with the contractors now, going through the procedures that we'll need to uh, to follow to uh, to mobilize them. We all think it's going to be a bit of a different world by April as we get caught up on the vaccinations, but, but we're, uh, we're 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 watching that very closely and getting things in place so that we will be able to mobilize and bring people on in um, in in April. Overall, Brazil it, it gets a bit of a bad name in the press. Uh, mining is is essential to the Brazilian economy. It's it's the uh, the largest component of their GDP. Brazil is a mining-friendly country. They're, they're, they're trying to attract foreign investment in mining in Brazil. So it is a mining-friendly country. Uh, it, it is a, a country where you can get your mining permits. The permitting is done at the state level. Goiás State is, is very uh, pro-mining. The governor has made statements that he sees mining and construction as critical to rebuilding the economy of Goiás State. So although Brazil gets a bad name in the, in the press sometimes, I'm very comfortable operating there, and I think it's a very good uh, progressive company to country to operate in. Okay, so you've got a, a very large uh, institutional shareholding, not a lot of retail, right? Um, again, why, why is, is that good? Is that what you want? Have you got the right balance? Well, we've got two large shareholders. We have uh, Baccarat Trade Investments out of the U.S. Uh, owns just under twenty percent of the company. And Eric Sprott, a well, well-known Canadian mining financier, owns about 18%. So, so those two people own a, a large piece of the company. Our board and management hold about 6% of the company. And then we've got several good institutional names in our, our, uh, our stock. We've got 683, Solus Capital, Brigade Capital out of New York, uh, Ruffer Gold out of London, Sun Valley Gold out of Idaho. Institutions are about 26%. So Overall, uh, 32 or so percent held by retail, so a smaller retail holding, but uh, but, but but a good, strong, supportive shareholder base. You, you do, but, but you've got issues around liquidity, don't you? We do, as we as I say, it's it's only a small piece of our uh, shares that are held by, um, by by retail. Our our big shareholders, of course, are not trading stocks on a daily basis. Uh, management, we're not trading stocks, so yes, we 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 do have. Fairly low liquidity, and, and that's one reason we've recently started a little more of an aggressive marketing campaign. Get the story out there, remind people that uh, what Amarillo is, what we're doing, uh, show them that we have a one million ounce shovel-ready project in Goiás State with exploration potential to uh, to get much larger, 
and our ex exploration property in the south, which we believe will be a multi-million ounce district and will, will potentially be our second development property. So what's the cash position at the moment? Cash position, we're currently sitting on about 40 million Canadian in treasury. We did a large uh, capital raise in August of last year. We raised 57 million Canadian dollars. We've been using that to uh, buy land, uh, place orders for long lead time equipment, do our detailed engineering. but still have about 40 million of that remaining in treasury. So we do have that, that first large piece that we need for the project. We're estimating our total capital at about 145 million US. We'd like to have a uh, another 10 to 15 million to run the company and do a reasonable level of exploration. So we're looking at funding in the 165 million range, 40 million of that in hand already. So we're looking for our construction financing of roughly 120 million. Okay. So you're what, 120 million market cap today, 165 million raise. Um, where are you with that? You're talking about you know, starting construction in April. Are you gonna be have your funding in place for that? Uh, we're working on that now. We, uh, we, we've been, uh, we have Aramet as our construction debt advisors. So we started that process uh, mid-year mid last year. Uh, they had told us early on that they, they thought the money would likely come from PE funds, not from banks. And that's primarily what we've been dealing with is PE funds. We, uh, we did go, go down, uh, we went into exclusivity with, with, the, with one lender while they did their due diligence. That whole process took longer than we were comfortable with. We had a lot of interest from uh, from other funds who wanted to take a look at our debt. So in March, at the end of March, we allowed that exclusivity to terminate so that we could talk with other funds. And we're now talking with others and, uh, and moving down the path. Right. And, but do you still believe that the money will come from private equity and not banks? I mean, because if you'd started talking to banks middle of last year, you'd, you'd probably be hosed and done by now, wouldn't you? Yeah, banks, for the most part, uh, their, their covenants are quite high. They're uh, their their timing take takes a long time. The the, the banks are uh, for, for small companies like Amarillo, single uh, more or less single asset or first development projects. Banks are a bit reluctant to loan on those kinds of projects. So that's why we knew it would be PE money. We knew it would come at a little bit higher cost, but we'll, we'll follow the uh, the examples of others. Equinox Gold, for instance, they they borrowed initially from a PE fund for Arizona. As soon as they were up and running, they refinanced it with, that with a bank at a much lower interest rate. That'll be an option for us. Once we're in operation, then we can speak to the banks about a potential refinancing. But our payback is very quick. We've got about, uh, at today's gold prices, roughly a two-year payback. So we would consider a, a refinancing, but with that quick payback, we may not need to do that. Right. Would it make sense for someone like you to go on the acquisition trail? You know, get you know, like a small producer. That surely that would make a lot of sense for you in terms of your profile. Uh, and there, there must be well, if we look at Brazil generally, there's a few players out there perhaps struggling a bit. But there are a few players out there. We, we continue. Uh, you know, we look at small producers that we might acquire to uh, to add a, a producer to the front end of Marosa or Pose. Uh, larger companies look at us to uh, to potentially be their next development project. To, uh, to fill in the uh, gaps in their pipeline. So we continue those conversations both ways and, and they're, they're, they are ongoing. And we, we say that we're going to do the, the best thing for our shareholder, but whatever that deal may be, whether it's uh, um, staying as a, a single asset company, building POSE, becoming a hundred thousand ounce a year producer, uh, bring, bringing, on, bringing on a producer up front or merging with a larger company, we'll make the best deal for our shareholders and do the right thing for our shareholders. Yeah, of course, but your your preference would be 
to get be the acquire e, wouldn't it? Acquirer, sorry, I should say. Well, certainly the way we create the most value for our shareholders is to continue down the development path, build, build post say, turn it into an operating mine, get that re-rating. Uh, that, that gives us a lot of opportunity to, to become the, uh, the acquirer in Brazil. We, we, know, we know a lot of projects that we like, a lot of one to two million ounce ore bodies that, uh, that do need some, uh, some help and need some good development. And those are certainly ones that we would look at uh, when the timing is right, yes. Okay. I, I just, I just with management teams, with your track record, having built and operated in Brazil, you're more likely to get funded than some others that I, I could probably point at. Um, just wanted. I, I think so. Certainly, it's it's. Uh, we need to. We we have the credibility to build and operate this this uh, this mine very successfully. Whereas some some uh, companies, some management teams might not have that. Yes. Right, but the, one one of the drawbacks, which you mentioned earlier, was it's just one million ounces today, right? Ten year life of mine, one you know, hundred thousand ounce a year producer. Um, it, there's no scale, there's no blue sky here. So, so what do you do if it's not M and A? What, what are you going to be able to do? Well, well certainly M and A is an option for us, but 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 absent M and A, where we have our exploration programs, your posted today is a million ounces. Uh, we, we've got uh, two satellite targets identified, Pastino. And Estrella, uh, four and eight kilometers north of Posey, that certainly look like they'll give us the opportunity to increase the resource. I, I believe we'll be looking at something closer to two million ounces by the time we explore along this this uh, trend to the north of Posey. So that will grow the, uh, the one million ounces. The uh, the second target in the south, I envision that as our second development front. We're half a million ounces there today. Uh, we believe that will be a multi-million ounce district. We envision a hub and spoke kind of an arrangement there. We'll find the largest ore body, build a plant site next to it, and then it'll be fed by that ore body plus all the satellite ore bodies from along the uh, perimeter of our large granite intrusion there. So so we have the opportunity to grow the company from, uh, from POSE, use the cash flow from POSE to explore and develop uh, Labrissa's sewer. And at the same time, we'll, we'll, we would consider acquiring producers to add to that story. Right. So just remind me that some of the numbers from the from the um, the feasibility, if you don't mind. What, what did they tell us? Our base case, we did our feasibility study at fourteen hundred dollar gold and four point two reais to the dollar. That gave us an NPV five of one hundred eighty three million. We run that at uh, at uh, something closer to today's gold prices. We're about a three hundred sixty million NPV five. We're going to produce one hundred thousand ounces a year initially uh, over a ten year mine life. Again, the satellite deposits look like they'll expand that and uh, extend the mine life. Uh, base case uh, IRR was about uh, after-tax IRR about twenty-five percent, and payback of just over two years. Okay, so let's come back to the money thing because I think that's that's the bit. I think that's the kind of disconnect in the market. I think, um, which is people you've been at the money for a long time. You picked. Do you think you picked the wrong partner last year? Or was it the right partner at the time, but the, the market conditions? affected their ability to uh, help you raise money? I mean, how do you look back? I just think it's, it's, uh, it's I don't know if it's a time or, or just the, the process. Uh, they were unfamiliar with Brazil, so that probably means that the, uh, the due diligence took a little longer. The, the market certainly changed during that time. And again, uh, we, we had many, uh, many funds asking us if they could, could uh, look at our, our debt and give us an offer on debt. So, it just became that we had so much interest that we're still continuing to talk to the original potential lender, but we needed to open it up to a larger audience because there was so much interest in the debt. So I guess that would be a, a function of the market improving during that time. 
Right, and so and this is what presumably a lot of North American um, institutions looking at this and, and funders looking at this. Is that what you're saying? Yes. So they're more comfortable with the, the South American um, story. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, just with, just with, with regards to um, the assets in the South, can you, can you just tell us a little bit more about how much money has been spent on that? So when you say, oh, there's, there's potential, there's a development potential, there's a discovery potential, what's that, what's that based on? Well, overall, it, um, at, at POSE, uh, there, there was a 24-kilometer-long structural trend. Uh, POSE takes just one kilometer of that, so there's another 23 kilometers of a structural trend that's been identified through aerial surveys, through IP surveys, K-channel anomalies, uh, magnetic surveys. So uh, for the most part, we've been focused on Mararosa, expanding the resource there, moving, uh, moving things from inferred into measured and indicated, getting ready for our development. Uh, however, we've, we've known that we had these satellite targets to the north of us. Uh, they had limited drilling in the past. So two years ago, we, we started stepping out along these. Uh, 2020, we, uh, we got six holes into Pastino. We did, we did uh, 10 trenches from surface. We've identified an ore zone there, over a kilometer and a half of strike length, down to a depth of 150 meters. So a good, strong ore zone, uh, open on strike, open down dip, and we're expanding on that this year. We're putting holes along strike and down dip and starting to do some infill drilling. Uh, the ore zone that we've identified uh, does seem to be widening out as we move north. So obviously we're very excited moving, moving and uh, following that further north. Estrella del Norte had a uh, historical pit on it, had a Garampero pit and Western Mining, the original operator at Pose had mined a small pit there uh, in the early nineties and taken out uh, a few thousand ounces. So very good target for us. It's, it's proving up with our, uh, our current drilling uh, unfortunately, the labs in Brazil are a bit backlogged right now. They were shut down for most of February and March. Uh, we should start seeing our exploration uh, assay results come back in the next month or so, and we'll be able to put out some exploration results. And well, I've noticed some drilling results coming out. Well, I think I'm sorry, some drilling results. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they, they, we, we saw something back in June, and I'm looking at with your experience of how do you play the market. You've got to raise this money. You're not quite sure what it's going to cost you yet. You've got to think about refinancing at some point. It's it's a very, there's lots of moving parts basically. You have 40 million bucks. Was did you say 40 million bucks in the bank? Yeah, you did. Yes, we have 40 um, million so Canadian. Yeah, you've got to work out how you spend that wisely to kind of navigate your way through to this construction. Um, well, commencement of construction in April next year. You're telling people. So, do you continue to drill to kind of prove up that there is maybe another million ounce? Do you do that now or do you wait? Do you, do you think the market's going to react more positively to you getting funding in place and getting construction started and then you can start drilling your game? How do you prioritize or order all of the different things that you've got to look at? No, you're, you're exactly right. It's uh, And we get asked that question. I, I think it's very important knowing that we have that blue sky potential in front of, uh, front of the current uh, plan for POSI. I think it's important that we continue to explore that, expand that resource to show the world the potential there. Uh, it's not going to change the, uh, our plan for the plant site. We're not suddenly going to enlarge the plant site. We're simply going to be adding years, but, but adding years certainly adds value. It adds to the NPV and it adds to the, uh, to the return of the project. So we think it's important to know that as we move forward. Uh, you know, we, we could drill at a faster rate there. We could have a bigger program. Uh, we're doing two drills, uh, 5,000 meters this year. That's a a reasonable program that gives us uh, good information on how large those satellite targets might get. So it, it, you're, you're correct. It's very important that we, we're very judicious with our treasury. 
we don't necessarily need additional uh, uh, financing today to, to continue the project. This 40 million will last us on through to, uh, to after the start of construction, but we have to know that our construction financing is in place, ready to, uh, to come in as we need it once we do start construction. Right, so it's got to be just enough movement on the, the resource expansion, just enough to keep the market interested in the blue sky, but your eyes are firmly fixed on getting this financing in place and getting this construction started. That, that, that's the number one thing that you think the market's going to react to. Yes, and we also have to keep in mind the, the, the way the expiration uh, tenement process works in Brazil, you, you get an expiration tenement, you have it for three years, and you have to do some work during that time. So... If you don't do that work, you, you take the chance of losing the property. So it's very important that, that we do a level of work to make sure that we may, maintain our expiration tenements in good standing and are able to then turn those into mining tenements when the time is right. Okay, um, I'm just just trying to. I'm just trying to. Obviously, I think we've talked about Brazil a bit in terms of some of the, the benefits of working there. And, you know, obviously, um, your state is very pro mining. The infrastructure is there, so it's it's, it's all good. But do you? Are you tempted to, um, we talked about M&A, but in country, are you tempted to look at M&A outside of country in terms of country risk? So for the most part, when, when we look at a uh, potential small producer for us to acquire, we, we primarily look in Brazil. We, we kind of, I like the uh, the concept of stick to our knitting. Uh, you know, we're, we're our, our team is familiar with Brazil and, and that's where our synergies are going to be in, in Brazil. Uh, folks that are looking at us for the most part, they're, they're South American type producers that have experience either in Brazil or, or in South America. Uh, you know, it, 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 there are occasionally you get the North American producer that might want to take a look, but there's a lot, not a lot of synergies between North America and South America. So it's, it's got to be, you have to be clear what your strategy is uh, when you start looking outside of your home jurisdiction. Okay, fine, understood. Are you working on anything else? No, we, uh, this certainly keeps us busy. We, uh, Amarillo is, uh, with Pose in the uh, development stage, it's certainly a, a full-time job for us. And Labrador Store looking to uh, to grow that and, uh, and open up our second development front. It's the second full-time job, so we're certainly busy with with the two projects that we have. Good man, Mike. Like, um, appreciate you coming on and sort of introducing the story to us. I'd love to stay in touch with you and see how you move this. But I'm always fascinated by teams who've been there and done it and how they replicate that process to do it again. So um, maybe you should come on and tell us a little bit more about some of the assets uh, uh, whenever you start moving things forward there. Appreciate your time, thank you. Good, thank you. So we think it's a good time to invest in Amarillo. We, uh, we're currently trading at, at uh, something around 30% of the NPV of our POSE project. It's not unusual for shovel-ready projects to trade at 50% of the NPV. So there's a potential for an uplift there ju just on the uh, the de development project. As we move that project along, as we uh, put it into construction, ultimately into operation, we'll see a significant re-rating there. Uh, we also have our two exploration programs. We've got POSE, where we believe we'll be able to expand the mine life, extend the, uh, I'm sorry, expand the resource, extend the mine life, improve the NPV on that project. And we've got our second project in the South that will become a second development project for us. Uh, we believe it will be a multi-million ounce district we're getting no credit in our share price today. So we think it's a good time. A lot of catalysts on the horizon. We'll get our construction financing done. We'll, uh, we'll make a construction decision, decision breaking ground. Uh, turning, we'll be putting POSI into production roughly two years. Uh, we'll be a 100,000 ounce a year producer and we'll be continuing to grow our resources, both at POSI and at Labrador. 
Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.